0: Yeah, stay away from cute. <laughs> Don't okay. try to be cute. Um, people want raw, and real. They want clear. Yeah, clear, not cute. So your event name needs to clearly say your event promise. Right. Oof, so the name great. of your event is the promise you are giving them that they will learn or walk away from from your event.
1: If you have ever wanted to host a live event, whether it be in person or digital, listen up. Today we're talking with Alexis Colticott from A-Team Event Company, and we're going to be talking about the do's, the don'ts, how to start, who to have on your team, all the nitty gritty to make sure that you're thinking about starting your event in the proper way, not just a shotgun approach. Everything has a path and everything has a destination if that path is taken. Now, without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Entrepreneurs Hierarchy of Needs podcast. My name is Tim Palladino, and this is the show for entrepreneurs who want a higher value life and business. Alexis Coldicott, thank you so much for being here. How are you today?
0: I am awesome. Thank you so much, Tim. Happy to be here.
1: I'm so happy that you are here. Um, this is something that I'm surprised didn't happen earlier um, because now, I, th- I think now more than ever, and I'd like your feedback on this, I think events are m- more important than ever uh, be- because of the way we can connect with each other or our audience can connect with each other whether it be in um, the form of a webinar digitally, you know, or a Zoom call or in person. You know, these are, these are times where we need to connect with one another and your audience can do that. And then it kind of makes, it, it just kind of builds a perfect storm for kind of empowerment and success for whatever, whatever it is you're offering.
0: Yeah, totally. 100% agree with you. Because it's interesting. You know, friends and family of mine that, that know me and know what I do when the pandemic hit and everything shut down in March, um, you know, people were like, well, what's going to happen? You know, are events gone or like, what's going to happen with this? Are, are, are you going to survive? And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure you'll see that it's going to be the exact opposite. Things are going to ramp up. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened because whenever there's chaos, whenever there's a problem, since the beginning of human existence, yeah. we gather together to solve and fix our problems. And that's exactly what events are. It's it's a way for us to gather together, to solve, to problem solve, to brainstorm, to collaborate, whatever it is, right? Um, and so, yeah, so events uh, have become one of the biggest go-tos for people in business to get leads, to get clients, and, and to have an impact and get their mission out in the world.
1: Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um, I think gone are the days of um, the old unsultery or unsultory, uh, sales pitches and stuff like that. Yeah. Now we, we sell through storytelling and mm. offers, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's very, I'm here if you need me, but yeah. the, you know, if, if you have this problem, I can help you. Yeah. yeah. Real. Yeah.
0: Being yeah. real. is real. What sells yeah. Be- sells being vulnerable, sharing stories, not this, salutin. i'm this i'm that you know look, yeah, at, look at all Emberini. these watches
1: yeah right yeah, it just doesn't work anymore it no. doesn't
0: no, work no, no. Gone anymore. are the days you know yeah. and well, you could think facebook ads were part of that you know people got sick of seeing the guy in front of the mansion it's so funny <laughs> yeah because now
1: they do it now they do it in jest right now there's right. like the mock the mock uh um, right right right, that I've right. Which um are we? so we were talking uh earlier about um digital And uh, digital events versus um, live events. Now, are you seeing a resurgence in live events? Because obviously during the last year, there's probably more digital events coming up. where's Where's the state of events now?
0: Yeah, so it is ever changing. I mean, as we're still in the pandemic, you know, we we all thought we were kind of on an upswing and we were heading yeah. out of it, vaccinations, yay, and then mm. boom, delta variant, you know. So it's like uh, we're in this ever-changing and evolving world with events. So as far as like, are we headed more towards in-person versus virtual? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> because we don't know right. what's gonna happen in the world. But there are people that are doing in-person events. Um in late 2021 into 2022, but there's a lot of precautions. There's a lot of factors, things you need to think about. So for the most part, uh, most people that I know of that are hosting events, my clients that are hosting events are primarily doing it virtual. There's some that are doing hybrid. You know, that's the new fancy term hybrid mm-hmm. of, of virtual and in-person. Back in the day, it was just called live streaming your event. Right. <laughs> so right. Now it's called hybrid. Now it's a new sexy term. But yeah, so some people are doing the hybrid version, which comes with its own like crazy level of challenges because you're basically running two events at the same time um so for the most part most people are sticking to the virtual model because it works i mean like gangbusters, like people are cleaning up with virtual Hmm. events because the costs are way lower, right? You don't have to worry about food and beverage. You don't have to worry about paying the hotel, you know, paying this huge um, uh, audio visual AV team to come set up all the time for their team. There's so many expenses that are cut out that while there still are costs to host, you know, a good size event or a three-day event, it's nothing in comparison. To what it was right. so the profit has just like shot up and attendance has shot up because now you can get people from all over the world right without having to worry about travel and so people are more likely to go to a virtual event i don't got to worry about childcare. i don't got to worry about booking a flight paying for a hotel worried about covid or any other concerns right so it's it's such a win 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 for everyone for the attendees for the host And most people are sticking to virtual. So even when we go back to normal, whatever that is, right, (laughs) whenever we go back to that, virtual events aren't going anywhere. They're sticking around because just it's so profitable. It serves the host. It serves the attendees. So they're not going anywhere. So I'm leaning hard still on the virtual event space myself.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I'm I have a severe ADD. So it's really hard for me to 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 focus in a, uh, in a virtual event. But what I do know is even people that have the ADD like me can be ethically bribed to pay attention when it comes <laughs> to, because now the budget isn't there for the F and B and the audio visual. I, I know people that give away iPad pros, like come soon you know how they have like the early bird days. Yeah. Yeah. You come, yeah. So like you come to that at the end of that, you get like some kind of, um, um, some kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a
0: bonus or like a
1: yeah, like a bonus, like a point for going, right. and then at the end of the event, like if you went to all three and you signed in, you get x amount of points, and you go to drawing.
0: There you go. So there's
1: there's so many ways yes. to make it better for your 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 audience. Yeah. you know that you can really it's it's just a shift, right? It's just a little bit something a little bit different. I think that um, the production value can be equal, if not greater.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's for fun. sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you get to play with your dollars in a different way. And, you know, like you said, and people were already doing stuff just to get people in the room. Even when it was in person, it was like, all right, get out of the bathrooms. Come on. Let's go (laughs) back. Yeah. I saw people giving away TVs.
1: Yep. When you hear like Toto. (laughs) <laughs> Toto plan, you know, it's time to right. come back in the room. <laughs> right,
0: right. Exactly. So it's the same thing. It's a different way, but it's the yeah. same challenge. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've adapted and grown and changed so much with the virtual events that people have figured out so many different ways to get people to pay attention, to be engaged, for it to be a really fun experience virtual. So yeah,
1: it, yeah. It, works. What, it works. One of the other benefits that are kind of just popping in my head now is, you know, if you have speakers. Mm-hmm. You can actually get speakers there a lot easier. They yeah. don't have to. They don't have to fly. They don't have to get a right. hotel room. They could just show up, yep. um, which is which is pretty pretty incredible. Yep. Um, definitely a testament to the times. So if 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 our listeners right now are are considering event, like what what is the when is someone ready to start considering events? Let's start with that question.
0: Yeah, so when you're ready to start doing events, I would say once you've mastered one-to-one sales, because events are a way to scale and leverage yourself and leverage your business. So before you're ready to sell one-to-many, which is what an event is, you're now, it's me just on stage with a room full of people that's one-to-many. But in order to really effectively do that, you need to know that you've mastered one-to-one sales. So if I can sit across on Zoom or I can sit across a table from someone and I know that I can close, right? I have a decent conversion rate in my sales and I've mastered that. Then I'm ready to go to one to many. And this is usually like a big aha for a lot of people because what they've always been told is you're only ready when you have a big list. When you have that big email list, you have that big solution Mm. you're following. Now you're ready to, to do an event. That's not true. That's not true. you Because you could go out and buy a list. You could go out and buy a list of people, but if you don't know how to sell, you're dead in the water. Your event's not going to work. You're not going to make any money right? because you don't know how to do that. So if you've mastered one-to-one, now you can start learning one-to-many and do one-to-many. Because you can have a room with 10, 20, 30 people and still do a multi-five, multi-six figure event. Like clients of mine have had 30 people in the room and closed over 300 K. So you don't have to have a massive list for an event, but you do have to have mastered one-to-one sales. It's
1: That's a great first, first step. Thing. That is a great, great first step. And I, and I feel um, a lot of people haven't and they want to throw events. I mean, I'm one of those people that kind of want to jump to the end. Yeah, uh, I'm terrible at hopscotch.
0: Oh, so I, I just get want to it. Jump
1: right to the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that that's yeah. uh,
1: sound advice. That's very sound yep. advice because you know by mastering the one to one sale, what you get to do is you get to understand your your client or your customer. So yes. when you're speaking when you're speaking to a room, you can actually with confidence express to them what you've been you've been educated on right. when they, you know when having those conversations one to one. Right. So that's a great great first step. Yeah. Um. So hypothetically, I am yeah. a master at one to one. What are what are some of the first steps in, in getting involved and, you know, getting the lay of the land of, of setting up an event?
0: Yeah, I would say the next step from there when you're like, OK, yep, Alexis, check. Yep, Tim, check. I can do that. You know, even if my sales conversions only. 20, 30%, I'm still closing. That's average for a lot of people. You know, 30, 40% is pretty good. So, yep, check, got that. Okay, cool. What's my next step? How do I seriously consider doing event or getting started with event? First is no fear is going to come up. mm mm-hmm. Anytime we make a big decision to change to grow, that subconscious mind will kick in. Don't worry, this isn't going to turn into a big personal develop rah rah session. But it's <laughs> it's just true. It doesn't matter you believe in that or not, it happens, right? Yeah. We make a big this a big commitment, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're in that moment, where we're pumped for say, "Yeah, I'm going to do this. this is going to rock. I'm going to kick butt." And then the fear will kick in, and yeah. stuff will come up and be like, "Well, what if no one shows?" or You know, what if I can only get my cousin to come? (laughs) Or, you know, what if I invest all this time and I invest all this money and I don't get anything out of it? How how is this actually going to make me money? Am I going to look like an idiot in front of my colleagues? You know, how do I make this work? So Number number one, know that that's normal. That stuff is going to come up, right? I, I help my clients host events, but I also host my um, events as well. So been there, done that. I know that. And even as an event pro that knows all the stuff, that knows all the tools and strategies, that little voice still creeps in. And then I just go, follow the system, follow mm-hmm. the system, you know? And so to avoid those things coming true, you know, no one showing up, but maybe your cousin um, not making any money from the event is follow a system and have a strategy, because your event will not work if you don't have an effective event strategy. It all starts with event strategy.
1: Yeah, yep. The um, it's 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 a roadmap. It's it's anything yep. else. Yeah, there's no. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm going to to speak for a lot of people and I might be somewhat inaccurate. So sorry if I'm not representing you when I say this guys, Um, that we we're so used to building our own path and we're so used to just white knuckling it until we get the result that we're looking for that, that is, that becomes so ingrained in us and so natural that it's difficult when something is simple and, and something is, is plotted out, and there's, yeah. it, 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 there's a sense of unease sometimes yeah. when, when something is easy, yeah. it, it, which is kind of, it's so, such a weird, uh, contradicting, contradicting feeling, but the easier it is, if more feels like you're doing something wrong, right. Or, that's, or pride sometimes get involved, gets involved. That's true. <laughs> that yeah. Could, yeah. <laughs> that Our be ego element. wants to bite up more <laughs> than we can chew, right?
0: We want to skip past go.
1: And, oh, uh, yeah. it's so funny. Yeah. But so, yeah, that, that's, actually ex- good. Yep.
0: Yeah, no, I was just going to piggyback on what you're saying is that, you know, with that, with, you know, the white knuckling it and trying to figure it out ourselves, you know, so many of us can relate to that and trying to figure this out ourselves, but you know, there is a profit path when it comes to doing an event, there is a blueprint, a system that if you do X, Y, Z, and you follow it in this order, based off of your event strategy, you will make money from events guaranteed. Mm. Right. Um, so the, the, the key is to start with the end in mind. Can I talk a little bit, give some tips for them on yeah, what be strategy points to really consider first? Okay. Because where I see a lot of people going wrong is, you know, I've actually heard speakers say this when they talk about events They're like, just put a date on the calendar. Just do it. Get out your phone right now. Everyone, I want you to put a date on your calendar. That's when you're going to do an event. Yay, I booked an night. <laughs> you know, everyone's excited. I'm like, that, no, no, no. <laughs> that's not where you start. Because the date that you picked may have been the worst possible time for you to do an event. You know, you don't know. So right, right. <laughs> that's not where you start. It's not just pick a date. It's We're not throwing, you know, something, a dart and hoping that it lands on, <laughs> on the bullseye. How we start with our strategy is force. First and foremost, what do you want your life and your business to look like? We have to reverse engineer. And the first place to do that is what do you want your life and your business to look like? Are you trying to build a multi-seven-figure company? Are you just looking for, I just want a sturdy, you know, multi-six-figure business, and I want to use events in my business model to consistently bring in that revenue. What are we going for here? And how do you want to work with your clients? Are you looking to to do like a high-level program that's with a bunch of people in it? Are you looking to just fill your roster of some high-level one-on-one clients? So really looking at that and reverse engineering is the first place to start. Because you have to figure out who who am I trying to serve and how do I want to serve them? Because if your event and the event model that you pick doesn't fit that, it's, you know, it's like trying to jam, like, you know, you have like two pieces left in the puzzle and and you can't find them. So you just try to jam in Mm one and make it Mm -hmm. fit. You know, it's kind of like that. We can't we can't just try to force it to make it work because it's going to be off. It's not going to be as successful as it could be. So start with the offer. Start with who the offer is for and how you want to work with them. Then from there, we have to look at what assets do you have currently in your business? And this is where sometimes people can get a little embarrassed. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, peeking underneath the hood or, you know, you know, the uh, dietitian walks into your, your kitchen and opens your cupboards and sees all your nasty snacks. You know, right. people right. get a little ashamed. We're like, well, I haven't emailed them in a little while or I haven't done the Facebook post in my group or or my list is only 2000 people or, you know, a thousand people. You know, people get a little sheepish. And it's like, hey, we all start somewhere and yep. that's OK. So be honest about where we are, what are the assets that you have in your business? What are the connections you have? What's the following that you have? What's the engagement that you have with the people that are following you? There's a a litany of things that we can go through that we wanna check and see, okay, what are my business assets that I can use? Because when you're trying to fill an event, it's all hands on deck, whatever you can pull from to fill that event. So we need to know, what do you have? And then from there we can pick, okay, we know the offer. We know who this is for and how they want to be served. I know how I want to work with them. And here's what I have at my disposal. Now we can say, okay, perfect. A one-day event. We're going to try and get 30 people there. We're going to make an offer for 5k. Boom. That's your strategy, right? Or Great. We're gonna do a three-day event. You're gonna make a 15k offer. You know, so we have to go through all these different pieces to first figure out what type of an event, not just say, okay, October 27th through 29th, I'm gonna do a three-day event and I'm gonna make a 15k offer and I'm gonna become a millionaire. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't work. not work like that. Sorry, sweetie. Doesn't, doesn't always work like that. So um, yeah. So the strategy. That, that is all of what I'm talking about. That is what really goes into an event strategy. It's not just, you know, writing on paper or Google Docs and it sounds brilliant when you write it out. It's really methodically going through and following an event profit plan. that's going to work for you, your business, where you're at and who you want to serve.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very, it seems that what you're saying is take a tailored approach.
0: Yeah, it is. This it isn't,
1: is. yeah, this isn't, I, I went, because I think I think a lot of people, um, get the gusto to do an event um, more so when they're at an event or they just experience an event. And then with that, um, they, they yeah. have kind of uh, co-opted how that event worked. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, this, is, this could work for me because they're kind of yes. fitting themselves into that mold. And that can be disastrous. And that's where you can lose money. And that's, mm-hmm. that's problems can pop up that may yes. be irreversible. So being I don't want to use the word customized, but like a tailor. I think tailored is a proper term. Uh, a tailored approach is so much more sense. You know, it goes to the adage, you know, measure twice, cut once. Yes. Like this is, exactly. yeah, just know, just know what's going on. And yeah. I, I'm, I like, I like looking under the hood because it's the, it's scary and it's embarrassing sometimes, but, but it's, it's telling really, but it's telling. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when it comes to business, it doesn't matter it sucks to be embarrassed. It sucks yeah. to, to, you know, have to go through those things. Like I, right. I I'm working with people and they ask me questions, Like I have no idea the answer to that. Yeah. I, and it's my own business. Um, but well, it allows we can't, me- we
0: can't let emotions crowd our business decisions. Yeah. Right? And, and like you said, when people go to a event and they get in the hype, they're like, this is amazing. I want to do this. Yeah. They get caught up in the emotion. They get caught up in the excitement. They throw a date mm-hmm. on the calendar and that's where you said, you know, they, they, they just go out there and start doing it instead of really knowing how to tailor it. And that's why you need someone that can check you sometimes yeah. <laughs> with the emotion and say, brilliant. I love that idea. Love your enthusiasm. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, here here's true. what we can do this year. If you want to do it this year, right? Here's yeah. what's reasonable and we can grow to that,
1: you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and make some money
0: along the way.
1: Yeah. I truly yeah. think it's a blessing when when you get called out on your, your stuff sometimes. Yes.
0: It is, um, it is. When we yeah, take it. it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
1: um, yeah.
0: So, so knowing how to, like you said, tailor it, but then once we know what the model is, right, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of different events. There's, there's the, the one hour, the two hour webinar masterclass type thing. There's half day events, one day events, two, three day events. All of them have a model and a, Um, specific system that you want to follow. Once we know what kind of an event that we're looking to do, it's going to serve your needs. So picking the, the, the strategy, yes, that is tailored. But then once we get that down, like, okay, we know a one day event with a 5k offer is going to convert the best for you. Now we know here's when we market, here's how we market, here's how we're going to fill here's. So there's proven process once we know the specific framework of your event. And your event strategy.
1: Great. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it just makes so much sense when, when you hear it out loud. Yeah. When when people when people are considering or you're speaking to someone about an event, what are some of the, the reasons that they they don't feel like they can? First thing that comes to my mind at least is is stage fright.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that is that something that, that comes up
0: um no <laughs> in, in my experience, i mean well okay it, it, it could be for those that are considering it like they yeah. have this idea in their mind and they want to do it but they haven't had the, the rocks to come talk to me about it right, yet, because right, right. they know okay lex is gonna convince me to do it i'm not gonna talk to her um so in my experience no because usually the people that i speak to are already speakers um
1: sure. uh Sure, so
0: yeah. they're, they've already worked on that a little bit. There's always nerves. Yeah, we all we sure. all have nerves. Even I yeah. have nerves and I have, I have nerves. I
1: get nerves too. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and that's a good thing. And that's what I tell my clients. Like, look, you're gonna get nervous. But if you as long as you've got your intro and your offer memorized, and there's a bonus tip, you'll you'll be fine because you know your content, you know your stuff. You eat, sleep, live, breathe this, right? Yeah. You know your stuff. Just know your intro and your offer and you're golden. Yeah. You know? Um, so so. <laughs> Not to poo-poo on your brain, but I would say stage fright isn't really a big thing that I hear much, um, but the nerves on, on the offer, making the offer, yeah. and the nerves on, am I going to look like a fool? You know, what if I market this event no one shows? So that, in a way, that appearance, putting themselves out there, yeah. yes, there's definitely that that fear of, of putting themselves out there at times um, and wanting the assurance of, okay, even if I don't get as many people at this event, I know that I looked amazing and it was a great representation of my business. Cause an event is kind of like a coming out party for your business. Sure. It is a, a big giant showcase of here's who I am and what yeah. I do, you know? So you, you want that to look on point. You don't want, the, you want to look course. like a mess, right?
1: Of course. And I think, I think that's one of the things that like, if it's not perfect, mm-hmm. that's Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Like, there's yeah, there's a little bit of forgiveness that we have to uh, issue ourselves when things aren't perfect. Because perfect, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, perfect perfection is a fool's errand. Yeah. Like, I don't, I it's I gave up on that a couple of years ago, and it was like, like when we met, like I was it's still free. going after perfection.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, listen, I've always wanted to be that girl, like that girl that is like always perfectly put together, has everything you need for any scenario in her purse, just knows the perfect (laughs) answer. Just like that girl, like every woman out there can think of a person that they see as that, like I've always wanted to be that girl. And I've been doing events since 2009 and not one of my events, not one of my clients' events has been perfect. Oh, that's funny. And that's okay because no event is ever perfect. It doesn't matter how good you are, how experienced you are, how much you plan for the unexpected, something happens.
1: Yeah, one one of the ways that I've I've kind of like surrendered into the to the fact of not being perfect was what I can be is flexible. Yes. So if I fall off the stage, I'm (laughs) able to make a joke about it, right? Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's more important to me at this point in my life to where like I can I can roll with it. I can yes. roll with it. And that's, that's become much more important.
0: Yep. Um, I may fall down, but I get up with flair.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. when, when uh, getting into, and I, I know the answer is going to be drastically different between a digital event or I'm sorry, a virtual event or mm-hmm. an in-person event, what kind of staff is, is necessary
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When,
1: when hosting these events? Yeah.
0: In person, definitely more, Um, but it also depends on how long the event is and how many people are there and how many people are there. So if you're doing a virtual event and it's a small event, um, like, for example, I hosted my own virtual event and I think I had maybe 50 people there, which is perfect. That's what I wanted. Um, I had myself, uh, two, two people from my company and someone doing AV and music, and that was it. So, you know, one day event, myself and three people you know and that was it that's Not all we did. Yeah. it was perfect it was perfect i didn't need another person actually one of the people on my team were just kind of backup um so it really depends on the size of the event and how long the event is um, mm-hmm. if you're talking like a 3 day event where you're making a large high ticket offer and you're having hundreds of people there. You know, now we're talking about a, a sizable team. You need like a yeah. professional studio. You know, you need people helping you with sales. So it really just depends on the size of the event and um, and the longevity of the event as well.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. Now the these people that are that are on the team or there with you is that is that something? Are they do they hold skills that can? easily be learned or is there an outside uh, other outside contractors that need to get involved?
0: So depending on your experience level, of course, right, if you're brand new, um, but you have a team, like you're new to events, right, Mm -hmm. Um, but you have maybe a small team of people, there are certainly things that you could teach, you know, you can teach someone to monitor the chat and keep people engaged and things like that, you could even teach someone to do some MC stuff and make announcements, Um, you know, making reach outs to confirm people are still attending, there's another bonus tip. Uh, You know, stuff like that. So there's definitely some some basic team stuff that can be taught the things that I would say you definitely would want to hire out, especially if you're new is anything audiovisual, anything tech, anything tech involved, at least your first event, like you can you can have someone on your team if events are a long term model. Um, a long-term plan in your business model, you can have someone internally that really gets to know whatever platform you're going to use for your virtual events. But I would still have someone, um, especially like, let, let's say to the three-day event model, right? Where someone's making a high ticket yep. offer. Cause that's what a lot of people are familiar with and usually what they want to build up to. Um, with that type of an event, a three-day event where you have, you know, hundred, several hundred people on the event. Um, you're still going to want like an AV team because you'll, you'll want someone um, that can run camera for you um, so that you're not trying to be like, you know, the one woman band or the one man band, yeah. you know, trying to do it where you've got all the instruments to, like, over your body. singing sing and
1: play harmonica at the same time.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, So yeah, someone that can, you know, an AV team, and there's a lot of great virtual studios that have been built because of this pandemic where it's all in one place and you can just fly there and show up. It's, it's amazing. The kind of stuff that that has been cool. Yeah. 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 And you just pay to rent it for a couple of days, you know, so it's, it's amazing. And the crews there, they're all trained and they know how to do everything. So that's, that's the way I, I, I like to run things is, you know, I don't want to spend the time and the money trying to learn it. If it's not going to really add any true value or, you know, something I can make money from, I'd rather hire it (laughs) and stay in my zone of genius. So when it comes to that, I would just hire a studio that knows all the AV stuff. will handle the music. will handle zoom or chat or tech. Right.
1: Yeah. It's peace of mind too. Yeah. You know, oh, if, for you sure. You don't have to worry about it. You just need to know that someone has given you the thumbs up. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that is that is a good point.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So when when is there such thing as too many people at an event? Because I've always I, I've had a couple conversations with people, um, and they they think that you know too much is just enough in this scenario. I kind of disagree. I'm definitely curious when where you're going to weigh in.
0: Yeah. Um. Again reverse engineer, what do you want your life and your business to look like? Are Mm. you going for guru status? Are you going for, I want to be the next Tony Robbins. Are you going for, I want to be the next name said guru, right? (laughs) Like if if that's what you're going for, then yeah, there is no event that's big enough for you because you're trying to grow monstrous status and have, you know, a multi seven figure, eight figure and beyond business. Right. Um, So then, then that's true. Then there is no event that's too big enough. My, my personal favorite is when like, it's an event, if you're going for like the typical three-day model and you want Mm -hmm. a multi-six to multi, even seven figure event, um, five, 600 people, you know, anything beyond that, it really does become, it's, it's a lot to manage, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Because you don't want people to just feel like an assembly assembly line. Yeah. Um,
1: that was that was actually my argument too. Like, if yes. I have the opportunity to to shake the hand of and and have a conversation with, even yes. if it's a short conversation, yeah. I, I've I've gotten a little bit deeper with this person, and they've gotten to know me a little bit better. Yeah. Um, my cool. favorite,
0: personal favorite, yes. is like a hundred or less. That's that's my sweet yeah. spot. Like, from anywhere from fifty to hundred is like my sweet spot where I can create like a, a half million dollar event. With less than 100 people, you know, to me that's the sweet spot where people still get enough of you. They can still have some breakouts or they can still have some special time with you one on one. It it feels one on one, anyways. You know, with a small intimate group, and they really have that high touch, high intimacy. Um, You know, I love I love smaller events. You know, I I I like that personally because that's what I want. Yeah, I don't want to feel just like another person in the crowd, and that's how most people feel. We all want to be special we yeah. all want to be seen, we all want to be understood and heard. So when it becomes this massive event, you know, to your point, it just, it just starts to feel like you're lost in the crowd and you're just a number.
1: That's true. It's very true. And, so, and then also
0: when yeah. someone makes an offer, it's kind of like, well, they don't really need my money They're or really want me as a client. They've got all these other people.
1: Yeah. So it kind
0: of takes the pressure off as well.
1: Yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah. So that could, that could, that could hurt your opportunity to serve you know, your, I think your so. people. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Is there has there ever been a let me see how to word this? Has there ever been an appropriate case where someone isn't actually selling at the event, but developing um, offering value
0: mm-hmm.
1: to then send someone to maybe a lead magnet to get to start the customer journey with an in person event Is that, in your experience?
0: Wait, wait. Okay, let me make sure that I got yep. that question correctly. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so, it's a
1: wacky question. It's a it's
0: yeah. A- <laughs> no, just for, just repeat it for me. Just to make sure I'm understanding you.
1: Yeah. So basically, is it in your experience? Have you ever run into someone that is not hosting an event to sell at that particular event, but kick off the customer journey? Gotcha. To so where? Yeah.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, I've done that myself um, and clients as well. Because so there's all there's all types of different motivations and reasons to do an event. So that's again reverse engineer. What is my mission with this? What am I trying to do? So in that scenario, that's the kind of person that's maybe like, I'm just, I just want to grow my list. If I get a couple of clients out of it too, great. But I want to grow. I want to get exposure. I want to claim that expert status in my industry. And I want to grow my list. So that could be a summit, for example, Um, like one of the hot ones that I've done and my clients have done over the pandemic are what's called short summits, where it's like a four or five hour summit. There's maybe four or five speakers, but all of those speakers, you're one of them. Your business is the one putting on this event. That's how it's showcased and and advertised. But the other speakers, it's only like four or five speakers. So each speaker gets like 45 minutes to talk. It's high, high value. There's no offers, no dollar amounts are ever said during Mm -hmm. the event it's all lead magnet, it's all give back, it's all high, high value. And so in that kind of scenario, you could offer lead magnet, you could offer um, for them to do a free consult with you, you could offer for them to come to a deeper dive two, three hour event with you, and then that leads to something. So there's a lot of different ways to tailor that, to make it work, but to answer your question, absolutely, that's actually a great model is to just do events um, that are smaller, to give back, give value, show your expertise that you know what you're talking about um, and then start that journey with them.
1: Yeah. And, and what, so my, my business brain starts kicking in. And if you are recording that, that now you have a a evergreen piece of content that you can offer someone at some time in the future. For sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're doing lives um, like on Facebook or, or just recording the videos and then you upload them to social media or something like that, or you, you host it on Zoom and you have people come and you record it and you can drop it. And then you go deep on a certain topic, a client of yours in the future or a prospect of yours in the future has a question and say, hey, you know what? I want to give this to you. It's my gift to you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is complimentary. Um, you know, listen to this. I'm going to deep dive on how to make an offer or I'm going to deep dive on. Here's how you sketch out your marketing for an event. Go listen to this.
1: That's, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's, it's, it's, I think it's always smart to, to record whether it be audio or video. Cause you never right. know when, when, when that can be repurposed in a sense, right? Right now right. I'm on a big content kick and right. I ref- <laughs> what I refuse to do is make content for content's sake. I want right. to make sure that it's valuable. So I've been kind of just like kicking around the idea of just always getting ready to hit record. Yeah, and then erase it later if it's not good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> so another another one, just real quick um, on that yeah. about doing an event where there's not like an actual sales offer on it is doing like a half day event or uh, yeah, like a half day event or a one day event, and you don't make an offer. Your offer is just a consult. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done that model myself and, you know, closed a lot of people on the consoles. I mean, cause they're still like ready to go and ready to hire you.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just
0: more of, I just want that next level high touch one-on-one to make sure you see my unique situation and that you can help me. And then like, okay, done. Yep. It's yeah. like the easiest sale ever because they already know you and they love you. They were with you all day at your event. So it's pretty much a done deal. It's just a little bit of extra time to make sure that they know, you know, they know <laughs> it's all mm-hmm. a good fit all the way around, you know?
1: Yeah, it builds out to that no like and trust scenario exactly. without that triangle you're kind of you're kind of screwed yep. and if they say yes to you before they can complete that triangle they that might get a little a little sketchy later on <laughs> um when when building out the offer um i know there's the 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 infamous value stack right on why someone should come in what are some creative creative ways and I don't, you don't have to show your whole recipe book here <laughs> uh, i'm not trying to get that out of you but what are some creative ways it's, it's, it's things to throw in to the value stack to get people to be like, oh, that's, that's maybe unique or very valuable to most.
0: Yeah. When, when someone's doing a value stack, I, I ask them first, why, what, why, why mm-hmm. are you doing it? Because people that have gone to events that aren't brand new to this industry, they know the game. Right yeah. when you start doing well, then there's bonus number sixteen, and then right. there's bonus number seventeen. Like it gets a little ridiculous yep, sometimes. Yep. You know I'm exaggerating, but you know it gets a little crazy. And but so not by I ask, much. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. that's true. Um, you know, and so I asked him. I say, why? You know, what's what's the point of this? Because it gets it can get to the point of ridiculous where they're like, well, why isn't this, this just in the program? you know? So being smart on, is this something that really feels a need that they have? Should this actually be in my program? Um, So what I like to do with the value stack is make whatever the bonus is something that's completely outside of the core teaching of the program, but also Mm. sweet spot um, handles one of the objections and reasons why they wouldn't step forward.
1: That's good. That's really, really good.
0: Yeah. So for example, if it's, um, let's say you're, you're a coach, you're a business coach
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you're trying to help people go from a five to six figure business, right? Okay. Yay. I've been making 50 K I've made it. I don't need a job anymore, but now I want to get to that six figure. Okay. I'm a business coach. And I'm going to teach you how to do that. But they know their ideal client has been in this industry for a while. There's a lot of people out there telling them what they, what to do. They don't know who to listen to and they've been burned or they've tried things before and it didn't work. So maybe your bonus is, you know, a deep dive training or intensive, maybe something they learn, or maybe it's a live training with you, but something on, you know, why is now different than before and maybe go into the mindset or something like that. So think about, you know, when I work with my clients and what their event offer is going to be, we do a deep dive into what are the common objections that you hear from people. It's also why one-on-one sales, it's important to master. You've heard those objections mm-hmm. over and over again. So what are the common objections that you specifically hear when when people want to work with you? And then we build into that, you know, value stack or if it makes sense or do um, um, testimonials or case studies on this mm-hmm. person had that challenge and they overcome it with us and here's how we did it, you know? Yeah. So bro. That's what I would say is first ask yourself, why should this even be an offer? Should it be part of my main offer? Does it, you know, is it starting to sound a little ridiculous? Um, and is this something that pushes them off the fence? Cause that's really what your bonuses should be doing. Yeah. They should already be like, man, this sounds really good. And then you make the offer for the, with the bonus and they're like, all right, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Yep. I got it. <laughs> you know? It should be that get them off the fence type thing. So if it's not something really juicy and interesting, or it's going to help them overcome something, um, you know, if it's you know I don't know how to fund my business, here's a list of you know your fastest path to cash and how to get going and get make x amount of dollars in 30 days, you know, something like that. If it's not really going to help them, then don't offer it. Don't do it just to do it.
1: Yeah, and I and I see a lot of a lot of people doing that. I did a uh, a webinar the other day. And this kid had an incredible product. It was fascinating, but he was going through such a generic style of presentation where it was just like, when he captured the value offer, but, but wait, there's more. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I know there's more like, I know. Yeah. So yep. it's, yeah.
0: It's, I didn't need to wait. I knew.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can see it in this slide. There's actually enough space. So I was like, I know you're not done.
0: Right.
1: Um, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, the beginning of the podcast with, with becoming more authentic and more real and doing events, doing events with that kind of heart behind it. Um, so this is another kind of wacky question, but, but when it comes to naming your event, because I love naming things, I Mm -hmm. love acronyms. And I think it's one of my favorite parts of business. Um, is there any like do's or don'ts to naming your business or formulas maybe?
0: Uh, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That, this is like a whole, <laughs> whole course I could teach on in that alone. Um, yeah. Stay away from cute.
1: <laughs> Don't okay. try to
0: be cute. Um, people want raw and real, they want clear.
1: Yeah.
0: Clear, not cute. So your event name needs to clearly say your event promise right? So the name of your event is the promise you are giving them that they will learn or walk away from, from your event. So your, the name of your event shouldn't be long. It shouldn't be going on and like five words or less. Ideally three is great. One is cool. (laughs) If you can throw it down to that, but that's a lot harder. Um, but you know, three to five words, at the most, I would say is what your the name of your like a three-day event should be. If you're doing like a webinar, like, you know, the three biggest mistakes coaches make when trying to get clients, that's different. Yeah. Right? Um, but when right, we're talking Transformative
1: like, in a sense.
0: Right, right. Like when we're, to, we're, yeah. yeah. When we're talking like a one, two, three-day event, you really want something that's short and concise and clear. Um, and, and don't try to make it cute. If you can, great. But people really just want clarity because confused minds don't buy
1: Yeah. That's one of my favorite, my favorite quotes ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Confused minds don't
0: buy and and confused people don't register (laughs) as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, so, so always speak to the promise, what ultimately, and it should be pleasure-based. What ultimately, um, are you telling them they will walk away from, from your event? So that's again, reverse engineering with your offer because your event is leading to your offer. Think about what are they going to get at the end of it all? They hire you. They work with you. They do everything you say exactly as you say it. And they get the ultimate result. Now they're at the promised land. If you could just put a bumper sticker on what that promised land is and looks like, what would that bumper sticker read? Like your event name should read in bumper sticker.
1: Yep. Yep. That's Yeah. That makes so much sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, what a wild ride. Um, before we jump off, are there, is there any uh, words of wisdom or, or warnings or uh, directions we, you can uh, send us off on?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll drop a couple real quick things is there are four areas. If you're going to do an event that are the pillars to having a profitable event, gotcha. those four profit pillars are, we talked a lot about the first one strategy. I don't think I need to beat that dead horse, right? We are nope. clear. We yep. know strategy is so important and why it's important and a little bit on how to do it. The second is your marketing, how you are marketing the event, not doing copycat marketing just because you saw how someone else was going to do mm-hmm. it, really marketing in a way that's going to speak to the right people and is going to attract buyers to your events. We don't want a big event. We want buyers at our events. Yeah, so right. how do you market to attract buyer Buyers. And the third is your content. This gets overlooked so much by people. They just get excited. They get wrapped up in all everything that goes into doing an event. And they overlook the content. And you, there's this delicate line of giving tremendous value and not fire hosing.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. you don't want to give them shallow content. We don't want them to walk away with true value. But we also want them to want more. And we also don't want them to be a place... Um, not be in a place of overwhelm where they're like I need to think about this first before I can decide make decisions on anything else. So, how you structure your content, the content you pick and the content needs to lead up to the offer. And that's the fourth pillar is the offer itself. Mm. Cuz that's the whole point <laughs> ultimately with doing an event is I'm trying to grow my business, I'm trying to get clients, yeah. right? So the offer that you make whether it's free like we talked about, or whether it's a paid offer, we need to know what that offer is, what the components are gonna be. Is it priced appropriately for how long my event is? Because there's a ratio of what your pricing should be for your offer based off of how long your event is. There's actual science behind that. Oh. Yeah, so um, what your pricing is, what's included in it, and when you're going to deliver the offer and how you deliver the offer. All of those things are very key, important things that go into making an offer at your event that's going to convert or is going to fall flat. So those four things you really, really need to make sure are solid. Those are your for-profit pillars to doing a profitable event. Um, So if uh, anyone is curious on how strong their pillars are, I actually have a resource I can share to him if you'd like, that would be helpful.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Perfect. So it's called the Event Profit Quiz event okay. profit quiz. So this quiz is super simple. Um, I mean, it's like, it's got a slider on it. I mean, anyone can do that.
1: <laughs> You're
0: right. And it's on a scale of one to 10, super simple, easy questions, quick. It, it should take you like two, three minutes max to get this done. And what it's going to tell you is it's going to go through each of the four profit pillars and test your knowledge And test you on what you know um, of what is important and test you on if you're doing certain things or not that maybe you're aware of, maybe you're not aware of. So it goes through each four of those profit pillars. um, And then when you complete that quiz, it will give you your results, tell you your score, and then it will tell you, okay, based off of what you said about the marketing, you need to learn this. Based off of what you said about this, here's some tips or here's how to improve your score. So go to eventprofitquiz.com, event profitquiz.com.
1: We'll make sure um, that's in the, the show notes too.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And it's free quiz. Go ahead. You can take it and it'll give you the results. Um and if you have questions or you want to chat with me, it'll also tell you how you can connect with me at the quiz.
1: Cool. Yeah, that's wonderful because it's educating people. You know, yeah. it's not just dumping information and they have to decipher it. It's, you know, it's it's their ver- their their accurate answer for themselves and what their desires are.
0: Exactly, um, and it's fun. It's a quiz about you, so that's right, that right. Like How can not
1: be, but- <laughs> 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 awesome, Alexis. Thank you so much for uh, for spending time with us and demystifying uh, events both virtually and in person. Um, I have a feeling there's going to be a part two to this. Um, maybe, a, a, yeah. So what I'm what I'm hoping to do with a lot of these things is when I put them into action. I'm, um I'm documenting them. Mm. And that is, that's going to be a podcast in itself. So maybe we work awesome. working with each other in the future and we can document it.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. I can't cool. wait.
1: Really appreciate your time. Say hello to the family for me.
0: Will do. Bye everyone.
1: Thank you again for joining us. And if you like what we're doing with the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs and want to show your support, the best way to show some love is to subscribe and leave us an honest review. We also have a Facebook group where we continue these types of conversations and so much more for all of our continued growth. I can't wait to see you in there.